Today, we're going to hear from a former guest from last year who's now come back happy to report that she's sold over a million dollars on Amazon, has hit 15,000 subscribers on YouTube, has bought the house of her dreams, and more. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got a serious seller coming all the way to us from Canada today. Tamara, how's it going? Hey, Bradley. I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing just delightful. It's great to have you back. You're one of the few who now it's been a year since you came on the podcast originally. So just really, uh, we went a little bit into your your history on that first episode, but just in case we have some new listeners, you before Amazon were like in the accounting world, right? Yes, I was an office assistant for multiple accounting firms for 10 whole years, nine to five. And what initially made you want to get out of that or and get into something else, namely Amazon? Um, you know what? I knew at a very young age, I did not want to work for anybody. I always wanted to take on entrepreneurship. I just did not know what to do. Um, and then I met, it's so funny because I heard about Amazon FBA from some guy on a dating website because he did that full time. So mm-hmm. I kind of did my research on YouTube and then it was such a great opportunity. So I hopped on it in 2017. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I remember last year in the beginning of the year, we talked about your 2018 sales and you were stoked that you had uh, around like $200,000 of gross sales. Now, now that we're in 2020, looking back at 2019, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say you probably did a little bit better than $200,000 in, in 2019. Would I be correct in saying that? Yes. We also opened up multiple Amazon stores in the US now, online stores, of course. And um, the reason why we did that is because we have, first, I brought on a business partner. I believe the last time we talked, it was just me, myself, I was solo. Um, But I decided to partner up with someone because everything's just growing. And he was really, really smart in using Amazon PPC sponsored ads. And then I was really good at other areas. So that kind of worked out. And now we just passed the $2 million mark. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what kind of profit margins are you getting from that? After PPC. So we are really, we push PPC a lot. So for Mm -hmm. those of you who are new to selling on Amazon, PPC is pay per click. Basically, we are really big on using Amazon advertising PPC to launch all of our products. We do everything 100% organically. We do not do anything black hat or cheat the system. Um, With that being said, after PPC, our profit margins are anywhere between 21 to 26%. Okay, that's pretty good. Now, so like, since you have a partner, do you split the profits with him then? We do, yes. Okay, all right. So even so, with that, even though you're splitting with somebody, what you're taking home from Amazon is a lot more than it was in 2018 when you were just by yourself. Yes. So yeah, yeah I've been looking that you've been doing so well. You're, you've been like doing some house shopping, haven't you? Yes, I just bought a $2 million house. Whoa, (laughs) very nice. Have you moved into it yet? No, we're moving in, uh, no, not June, May 2020, end of Uh May. And we literally 
closed the deal, I think it was only a week ago, but it's a seven bed, seven bath, 4,700 square feet. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, now, where are you at again? Are you in Vancouver or? Yeah, Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, what kind of view do you have? Um, It's not by the water or anything. It's more based, uh, when you look outside, it's more nature. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more quiet than where I am right now, because right now I'm very close to downtown. This is kind of like outside of the downtown core. So a lot more quieter. Cool, cool. Now, 10 years ago, you know, maybe when you were, you know, two years into accounting, yeah. what was your living situation? Did you live uh, in your oh, own man. apartment or did you have a $2 million house or what were you living no. like back then? So, you know, just to back up, I mean, I've never in my life, well, first, I never thought I would even be starting my own online business selling products on Amazon uh, because after working nine to five for so many years, I was just kind of stuck in that mindset, but I just had it working with people because I don't feel like there's stability a lot of the time. And I have a very hard time following rules sometimes. Uh, But no, I lived with my family until I was, I think 22. And then I moved out into an apartment. And then I bought my very first home. And then I moved out of there. I sold my place. And then now uh, my spouse and I, we live in downtown Vancouver in an apartment. And now we got our home. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. to go from living at home to, you know, 10 years later, and now yeah. you've got a $2 million house. And yeah. obviously, thanks to selling on Amazon. Now, yeah. another, you know, another thing we talked about last time you were on the show is you were building up your, your Facebook group and, and your YouTube community. And now in those days, if I recall, you had only about 4,000 members in your Facebook group and about 4,000 subscribers on your YouTube yeah. channel. H- have you been able to grow those as well? Yes, we are over 10,000 members right now in my Facebook, um, the public community, and my YouTube channel is at about 15,000 subs. That's so cool. That's so cool. I, I see you a lot more out there and, you know, people know you and it's just a really good feeling to be able to, to, to help people, whether it's through, you know, I know you do a course and, and yes. isn't that the best feeling? Like somebody buys your course. That's great. You know, mm-hmm. you get money and of course you like money, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming I'm going to go out in there a limb because I think you're similar to me. But like when you see one of your students like succeed on Amazon, they're changing yeah. their life. Isn't that probably even more valuable than the feeling you get from, from getting the money, right? One thousand percent. And I actually have students that are doing way better than me. Like I, I mean, I never, I never give me an example. I, you don't have to mention their name or what they do, but, but can you give us an example of that? Yeah, of course. So we just passed, um, $2 million, but we started in 2017. It took me three years, right? But uh-huh. My student, it took her one year and five months to hit her $2 million mark. So she doubled like her speed in success was twice as fast as mine um and to me that's amazing because i actually have this story her name is Catherine, and her success story is on my youtube channel if anybody wants to check it out um but she was able to uh now she works from home and her husband was also able to quit his job and they have a daughter that they live with so she just works from home now wow oh so what did she do before that Um, she always had sort of like a a few side businesses. I did not ask much, but she, she, she wasn't someone that worked nine to five. I think she worked straight from her own home as well, but she said she never had that much success until she started selling on Amazon and it only took two products. Cool. Yeah. Now last year, I remember 
you living in Canada, I had to ask you if you sold in Canada and you're like, no, you're only selling in Amazon mm-hmm. USA. Is that still the case or have you expanded to any other marketplaces? Still true because my business partner is actually from Boston. So it's actually a huge advantage for me to sell in the US because he can help with a lot of like um, logistics and things. And we actually have like a small little warehouse as well in the US. So it's actually a huge advantage to sell in the US and not in Canada. But that's just my, my scenario, right? So. Cool, cool. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to follow up on was, was your time, like your time dedication or, or time constraints from running your Amazon business, from mm-hmm. running your coaching business, and then doing the social media stuff like the Facebook group and making mm-hmm. YouTube videos. Like, mm-hmm. I actually forgot what you had said last year, but I remember it was, you know, there was, it was like 50% one thing and 25% another. But, mm-hmm. but can you break that down? Like how many hours a week you're spending on each? You know what? It really depends because I'm sure you know, you come a lot, you come across a lot of sellers. It really depends on what the workload is for that specific area. So right now we are in March, the last week of March in 2020. And now we have all the time in the world because everyone's quarantined at home. So I actually find that I am much more productive now and I can work a lot of more hours. Whereas compared to before, I was constantly getting distracted with like going out to dinner, hang out with friends. So Back then, I didn't work as much as now, I feel, but it's kind of all over the place. I would say what I like to do is focus on one thing a day. So if today I want to update my course and only focus on coaching, I will do that eight hours today. And then Mm -hmm. tomorrow, we may go back to PPC advertising and optimize all the campaigns. I'm going to focus on Amazon the whole day. So that's kind of like how I like to break it down. Okay, cool, cool. Now, um, I remember last year you had said that one of the motivations for, for making more money on Amazon is one of your passions is you love to travel. So mm-hmm. has your Amazon business helped you travel any cool places in the last year? Yes. So we traveled to Punta Cana. We traveled to Maui. We traveled to uh, Arizona. We went to San Francisco. We went to LA. We went. We just got back love from... Mexico and Cancun, I think we travel about every two months. Love it. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite place so far? I honestly, well, I love tropical beaches. Like I, I just love the hot weather because we don't get it much here in Vancouver. Yeah. I really love the all-inclusive resorts in Mexico. <laughs> how, how do you not gain 10 pounds when you go there though? Because that's what happens to me whenever I go to those all-inclusive because I eat and drink yeah. to my heart's content. Yeah. So I, so I have this, I have a morning ritual, by the way, like throughout my whole Amazon journey. And ever ever since I started entrepreneurship, I told myself that I will still have a morning ritual where I do things that I love. So even when we are traveling, um, Oh, I also went to New York. Anyway, um, even (laughs) when we are traveling, we make sure that we work out every other day. It's just a commitment we made to ourselves, myself and my spouse. Um, it just makes me feel better. And more energized and more happy about life. Cool. Love it. Love yeah. it. Now let's talk to some specific strategy. Now, you know, you mentioned that your, your launching strategy is PPC. So yeah. uh, how many products did you launch like in the last year, more or less oh. with that, with that, with that strategy? We launch now we're always launching products. Now my situation may be different from a lot of newer sellers because right now, since we have like over 20 products. There's a lot of products that we test in and out. So when I say test, I mean, we always bring in small batches to kind of test the market to see how the PPC is 
Uh, for us, our main goal is to get a lower ACOS. Again, that's just our business. I'm not suggesting it to anybody else. Um, but we have about five products right now that really take the lead that make up most of the $2 million that we have made in sales. And then there are the rest that are just, you know, they're doing okay. They're not doing like super crazy numbers, but we keep them there because uh, our focus is to build a brand around kid products. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's cool. So l- let's just, uh, thinking back to a couple of these launches that you have done mm-hmm. for it. What was your strategy if you're not using like rebates or if you're not doing um, many chat or if you're not doing uh, giveaway services, you know, you know, you don't have to give your 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 secret recipe completely. But in general, like what's some some tips that you can give on what worked for you? So I've mentioned this a lot of time on my YouTube channel. I cannot stress enough for any seller, every single seller, when you have a product that just hit the warehouse and it's active inventory, if your inventory is active, it's time to turn on automatic PPC, even if you have zero reviews. And the reason why I really stress this is because we need the organic keyword data to see what type of keywords customers are searching, what type of keywords make sense for our products. And we, we need enough data from the automatic campaign to build our manual campaigns. And the manual campaign, I feel, is like where the launch actually happens. Um, but without automatic data, it's really hard nowadays to pinpoint which keywords are the best, which have converted, that will give you that nice low A cost when you do launch your manual campaigns. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. So what, what are your, like, you know, we talked about that. I was just on in, in, in one of your YouTube videos talking mm-hmm. about our, our PPC tool and how you can like put different thresholds on, on what is too much spend and what's too little spend and uh, things like that. So like, mm-hmm. what are some of your guidelines as far as, you know, like when do you make a, a keyword negative or, or what's your ACOS goal or, or what, what makes you move something from an auto campaign to a manual campaign, things like that. Sure. That's a really good question. I did a whole YouTube video about this topic as well. And we have something. So my business partner actually taught me a lot about PPC. PPC was kind of something that I was not very good at when I first started. And he kind of jumped in and taught me the whole picture. And now, you know, we're, we're really good at um, optimizing and everything with PPC. Um, But we have something called the 10 click rule. So if a customer clicks on your product, let's say you are selling a beach ball, you have a beach ball. And let's say a customer searches up summer beach ball, and they made that click 10 times on your product listing, but you did not get a sale. It's time to put it into the negative. Because you don't want to keep having that keyword run and eating up a lot of your costs, right? I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. we all have like a daily budget. Um, But our rule is if you spend more than $10, or if you have more than 10 clicks, eight to 10 clicks on a keyword, and it does not work, it's time to put it into the negative exact or phrase, depending on um, if you want to negative exact or phrase it. Okay, cool. What what other tips about PPC do you think that Mm-hmm. you know, from your videos is kind of unique to what you're teaching as opposed to what might be the mainstream that's out there. 
So when anybody, you know, I don't care who it is, um, when you first start running PPC, your ACOS is going to be high. Now it's high, not because your strategy sucks, but it's because your product is so new to Amazon that they may not recognize your keywords yet. And they don't know which ones work, which ones don't. Um, one tip I could really give for this is to keep on running your PPC and we need money to obviously launch your products, but you, you really should be having a full day budget for your automatic campaigns for at least 30 days. So run your automatic campaign right when your inventory hits the warehouse, when it's active, run it for at least 30 days on a full day budget, because after what, what do you days, mean by like full day budget? Oh, full day budget. So sometimes if you put down, let's say you put down 20 bucks and depending on what type of product you have and high, how high of a demand it is, um, your budget might run out like at 3 p.m. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to spend more than 20 bucks. But I am here to tell you, it's very important that you actually top off your budget, even if it runs out mm. throughout the day, because mm. there's so many people that shop in the evening. Right. I mean, if you don't have a full day budget and your advertising stops halfway through the day, you're missing out on a lot of keyword data. You're missing out on a lot of potential sales and this will slow down your launch. OK. Yeah. Now, do you do you focus on any keywords with your PPC, like from the get go? Like, hey, I know this is important, so I'm just going to do a manual campaign and like do a high bid to make sure I get to the top yes. or you just focus on the auto. So. I would say if you have a product that is already selling, so if I use my beach ball, for example, if you have a beach ball and it's flying off the shelves, now you want to sell a different type of beach ball, maybe a different color or size or material, whatever it is, that is probably the only time today I would jump into a manual campaign because you already kind of know what the market likes in terms of keywords, which ones have converted, then you can kind of take the shortcut and start building your manual campaign. But if it is a new product and you do not have any experience with which keywords are converting, then you have to start with automatic. Okay. Now, when you, when you do these automatic, you know, campaign launches and have you ever had one or, you know, you or your students where it wasn't successful? And then if it wasn't successful, were you able to pinpoint like, where did you go wrong? Or like, why did it not work in this situation? So automatic campaigns is the type of campaign that I think, and I know for, I mean, I would say I'm pretty positive about this, where you could achieve literally like a 1% ACoS because automatic campaigns are all controlled by Amazon, right? They kind of just randomly pick keywords from your listing and advertise it in front of the eyes of the customer. Um, whenever a student comes to me and they say, Hey, Tamara, I have a very high ACoS in my automatic campaign. There could be two things. And, and usually it's either of these two problems. One, you have a very saturated product. Your product is so saturated to a point where there's a lot of demand and there's too much demand causing customers to continuously click on your ads and not buy your product. Uh, resulting in a high ACoS because they click on it and they don't buy. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of other choices out there. Or <clears throat> you don't know how to optimize your automatic campaign. So how, like, you know, because I've talked to people and, you know, even when we were doing Project X, you know, I'm not, I'm not a PPC expert by any means. But, you know, like, even if you have an auto campaign and you've got a, a budget, let's say $20 or $30, mm -hmm. and then you see like, oh my goodness, you know, I spent 
thirty dollars today, I didn't get any sales, and spent thirty dollars mm-hmm. the next day, I didn't get any sales. I'm like, mm-hmm. there there must be like a couple keywords here that I need to negative match mm-hmm. so that I stop spending. But then you see, it's like there's sixty different keywords that you just spent fifty cents each on. Mm-hmm. But like, how, how do you how do you how are you able to optimize that? Is that where you go into the the targeting and kind of like stop doing the loose match and the you know those other things or how can you get an a cost to to even or on auto to like 15% let alone 1% so what we should do and this is just my personal opinion because uh this method has worked over and over again for myself and many of the people that I teach we have to focus on relevant keywords so if we are selling a beach ball uh beach ball is obviously like the main keyword and it's relevant so if a customer searches summer beach ball for the beach. Well, obviously that's 100% relevant, right? So we should Mm -hmm. keep that keyword if we spent money on it, even if we made no sales. However, if a customer searches summer toys for kids, well, that's not very relevant. I mean, technically, yes, it is a toy, but it's not specific enough where it puts the customer in a mindset where they are going to buy. Um, So in cases like that, I would automatically put the irrelevant keywords into the negative. And that's how I would um, start optimizing the automatic campaign. We want to pick out keywords that are relevant and specific and negative the ones that are irrelevant and kind of like just hanging there. Okay, cool, cool. So after your launch phase, you know, maybe you started to get to page one for your main keywords, you got some sales. Mm -hmm. Do you change the way you do the PPC, like, do you lessen your, that daily, yeah. uh, that daily amount that you're spending or what's, what's like the second phase? Yeah. So after you collect your keyword data from your automatic campaign, um, and there's no specific day, I mean, sometimes it takes people, I've seen people run their automatic campaigns for as long as three months, uh, just before they start a manual campaign, because they have such like a high demand, like high competitive product where they just need more keyword data before they start their manual campaign. Um, However, a lot of the time I find that after, you know, 30 days, you can start your manual campaign. And from your manual campaign, again, there's no specific timeline, but after you kind of learn which keywords have converted, you want to focus on those to put into exact match campaigns to rank up to page one. And after a keyword has gone to page one, um, you can use Helium 10 Keyword Tracker to track your keyword you know, movement as well. Um, but after a keyword has actually made it to page one, we should start lowering our bids only for that keyword. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's switch gears. You know, we've been talking about Amazon a little bit, but uh, another thing you're, you're equally as successful in that, you know, most people know you from is, is your YouTube channel. So, you know, I remember you talked last year about how you grew that, but to 4,000, but, but how were you able to grow that to 15,000? Like, have you, did you ever have to do ads for it to run people there? No, actually, um, to be honest, I know this will sound crazy, but I don't do much. I mean, I really don't do much to grow my YouTube channel. I think the main thing I focus on is going through questions that the community, the Facebook communities are asking. What what is everybody's problematic area? What is everybody having trouble in? What is like the new topic of the month? Uh, What are people's biggest 
problems and struggles with their business. And then I try to create content around that because a lot of people are trying to find a solution. Um, and I want my channel to kind of be like, Hey, let's go to Tamara's channel to find a solution to, you know, whatever currently is happening. So I kind of started focusing on that. And that's kind of how I got all of my organic traffic. Um, I wouldn't say I'm growing at a super fast pace, but uh, definitely faster than a lot of others I've seen in the Amazon space. Do you have like any tips or tricks that you do? Like, do you try and comment to everybody's comments or, or try and make a certain keyword be your first word of the title or the first word you say or, or different, different things like that? Or Yeah. So for the YouTube topics, I do look at how other people, if I have a topic, let's say it's how to optimize PPC campaigns. I do look at other uh, YouTube creators and see how they kind of worded their uh, titles for their YouTube videos. And I kind of build it around that. And what is more commonly searched, I would just use the title similar to it. Um, But I mean, that's really it. And I try to kind of create longer videos because I know that if I were to uh, create one video, people obviously want to find the solution. They want the value. They want to probably, um, you know, learn more. So I, I try to make longer videos as well. Okay. Now I love your, your lighting and your setup, you know, like, uh, you know, you're not using any fancy green screen or anything. You're just there in one of your offices in your house and, but it still just looks great because of the lighting and and the camera and and your editing. So can can you let us know what, what's behind the camera? So like, what, what are you using to record? What lighting do you have? Are you using a tripod? Uh, what are you using to capture the, the, the recording? What are you using to edit? Can you walk us through there? Of course. So when I first started my YouTube channel in July, 2018, I really did not know what I was doing. I just picked up a laptop and started going at it with the normal daylight outside of my window. But as I progressed and I started doing videos more and more, um, I used my laptop with a webcam. I have a Rode speaker. I upgraded my uh, microphone and I always only use natural lighting now. I don't use any. Oh, yeah, because, well, that's just for me. I find that it just looks so much more natural and so much better. So, so when I was just on with you, like 15 minutes ago, recording a video, that was natural lighting. Yes. That's amazing. That, that's, I, I need some of that Canadian light yeah. or down here. Cause we yeah. don't get that kind of light. I don't know. Well, I have a ton of windows in my office, so that helps, but, um, this is going to sound funny right now for all of my YouTube videos that we're talking about like I would say in the last two months, I've only been using my iPhone 11 Max Pro. <laughs> what? That's yeah. your camera? Yes. And it's so, um, the quality for anyone who is listening right now, you get a good, you have to get on the iPhone 11 Max Pro because the quality and the sound is, it beats everything. Boy, you're doing the sound also on there? You're yeah. not using the Rode speaker yeah. anymore? You should t- check out my la- uh, latest video I posted. It's, um, well, sorry, not the last one because I did a desktop recording. Um, when you see my face and I am recording uh-huh. on YouTube, all my videos in February and January are all done from my iPhone 11 Max Pro. All I do is point it to my face and I start recording. That's crazy. So you're yeah. not even using an external mic uh, or a lav no. mic or anything like that? No, I'm using my right hand and that way we go. What, what do you edit it in? Um, actually my fiance edits all my videos. So I actually do not know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you ever like, you know, just vlog about day-to-day life at all? Just to 
you know, for the audience or is it all like strategy based videos that you do? So the more of the vlogging aspect I tend to do on Instagram, um, if anybody wants to follow me, it's Tamara T underscore. Um, but I don't do much vlogging on YouTube because I think I have like maybe twice, but it got very little engagement, um, which means not many people are interested. I think I've built up a channel where a lot of people were just interested in entrepreneurship and Amazon. Uh, but once I start vlogging, I noticed not many people are interested in my life. I'm like, all right, let's just keep it personal on Instagram. So cool. Yeah. Now, last year, around the time we we recorded, you ha- you were just starting kind of like your Amazon training course. Now, uh, I'm assuming that that's grown since then. Now, would you say that it it was because of the the YouTube and because of growing your influence in Instagram and things that that gave you that kind of domain expertise and and then that's what helped you to be able to start the course? Like you wouldn't have just been able to start a course from scratch Mm -hmm. without anybody knowing you, right? Correct. So I have I'm like I mean honestly speaking, I'm not sure how everything just kind of exploded. Um, I mean one day I had. 100 subs and then a thousand and then like 4,000 and then 10,000. I actually do not know, honestly, do not know how everything kind of just picked up. But um, I would say most of my students and most people that learn from me, they do come from YouTube. I recently got like an online tracking system to kind of track where my uh, customers come from. And most of them are from YouTube. It's all organic. And I only recently started running ads for my coaching. Um, I wanted to learn more about Facebook ads and YouTube ads. So that's quite new to me still. But I would say most of it, it's all YouTube. That's so cool. Now, yeah. you know, I, I think you've, I, I think I might have asked you last year what, what some of your, your goals were and you, whatever they were, I'm sure you've, you've crushed them here in, or from 2019. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. what are your 2020 goals as far as maybe either, you know, the number of people you're coaching or, or the number of subscribers or your YouTube reach or, or just your sales on Amazon? What are some of the goals that we can talk in 2021 and see if uh, Tamara hit them or not? So I've never been a person that was too focused on growing my channel and hitting like a hundred thousand subs or getting like a million views. I was never that kind of person. Mm -hmm. I mean, my goal is just to voice everything that I've done throughout my career and hope to make a change in other people's lives. Um, I have personal friends, you know, that are still struggling, going to their nine to five jobs, getting paid like pennies, like not pennies, but you know, like they don't make enough to do things that they love in their life. So my goal, is not really to, I guess it comes with growing the channel and growing the Facebook group and getting more uh, students to the program. But I really do want to voice that entrepreneurship and selling on Amazon and any online business can really help you uh, give you the freedom to make more money and to really live a life that you deserve. Cool. What about life goals then? Like maybe somewhere you haven't traveled yet. I mean, you obviously hit one of the biggest ones you probably had in your life, which is buy a new house. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a special car you want? Or is there a special trip mm-hmm. to Egypt that you'd love to do? Or what about that? Yeah. So actually, um, buying the $2 million house wasn't even really a goal. It kind of just happened because um, right now I live in a two-bedroom apartment with my fiance. And since the business is growing, we noticed that we needed more space. And if you're working from the same office every day, I just feel like it can really take a toll on my pro- like production. 
mm-hmm. levels. So I thought, okay, if, if we did move, which we can move and we should move, uh, we're getting married this year. I just thought that I could kind of alternate different rooms if I wanted to film in and just kind of get away from the noise when he's helping me edit videos. Um, I could, you know, go on different floors of the house. So that's kind of how that happened. Um, right. Hey, real, real quick though, real quick. Yeah. Seven bedrooms. You planning on some little ones or uh, what's going on there? Um, so I'm actually at an age where I should be having kids because a lot of my friends have kids. But we've we've we're just doing things like we haven't really planned for anything. Like um, when people ask me, why do you actually one of my students asked me, why did you buy such a big house? Um, I think we just both enjoy the space. And maybe in the future, we'll have uh, maybe one child, but that's not, it's definitely not in our top priority right now. Okay. All right. Well, all the bedrooms then. So then if we come (laughs) visit you, you can give us two or three of those bedrooms for some of our office staff, I guess, right? Yeah. I'm doing a house tour for anybody who is, uh, you know, uh, wondering, but um, I'm thinking about just having multiple offices. I'm really trying to one of my biggest goals for this year and beyond is to really really optimize my production levels and be extremely focused in my work because that's the only way to kind of grow faster make more money and do better at everything i do awesome awesome now before we get into your 30 second valuable tip that we're going to have that's something new that we do on the show since the last time you're on we also do this other thing we're going to do this first this is called the search volume game okay So I'm going to give you three related keywords. These are keywords that people search on Amazon. And then I'm going to give you three different search volumes. And you're going to try and match the keyword to the search volume without cheating. All right. And everybody plays this at home too. And they listen to. All right. So since we were talking about vlogging, these are going to be vlogging related keywords. Okay. In no specific order, the keywords are vlogging tripod, vlogging camera, vlog light. Almost all of which you don't need anymore since you just use the iPhone X <laughs> Max and your uh, natural lighting. But again, okay. uh, vlog light, vlogging tripod, vlogging camera. Now, the three search volumes are one of these keywords, the one who searched the most, is searched for about 13,000 times. The next one is only searched for about 2,000 times. And the last one is searched for about 700 times only. So, which okay. one is the most searched and which one is the middle and which one's the least? The least search is camera. Vlogging camera. Okay. Yeah. And um, the one in the middle with the average search Mm -hmm. volume. uh, Sorry, that was vlogging light. And what was the vlogging tripod is the other keyword. Tripod would be the highest, the most searched and light would be the middle. Okay. All right. So here we go. This was (laughs) completely different. By the way, I've done this 30 times. Only one person has ever gotten them all right. And this is the exact reason why I just love it. I hate it when somebody gets it right, because that ruins my whole premise for this. But the whole point of this is just like with PPC or just like with, with, uh, you know, when you're optimizing your listing, what, what's, what you yourself might think is the converting keyword or the most search is sometimes not what the nation as a whole is doing, you know, like how many times in doing PPC, you come up with words that you converted for, and you're like, what? Somebody searched this and bought my product? Like, I'm sure you get that all the time, right? Like you yeah. have never even yeah. thought in a million years. So the actual biggest one was vlogging camera, 13,000. Like, so I'm thinking like maybe people are more at home now because of coronavirus and, and they're okay. like, hey, I'm going to start a vlog and I need a camera. Tripod is the next one. And then vlog light, believe it or not, 
is is only 700 and i think that's because there's just a lot of people like you who maybe just using natural light now or or something so so there you have it you never know that's why you always use tools like helium 10 why you always study your your search term reports from ppc because you need to know what people are doing so yep anyways now we get to the part of the show you've been giving us tips throughout Mm -hmm. but this part is what we call the which stands for tst 30 second tip. So what is something that you can say in under 30 seconds that's uh, very valuable, maybe unique to you, actionable for our listeners? My biggest tip is to learn how to manage your money in your personal life. Because if you do not know how to save your money, invest your money, spend your money towards the right things in your life, you will never make it as a business owner. I love it. That is that is important. I mean, if if you didn't do that, you know, there's no way you would have bought the house that you just did exactly. or been able to go on those vacations that you did. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tamara, thank you so much for joining us. It's cool to have you on here a second time since it's been over a year since you were on the first time and it's been awesome to see how you've grown in your personal life, in your Amazon sales, in, in your, mm. your social media reach. It's really great to see your journey and I'm excited to see what the rest of 2020 holds for you. So we'll definitely have you on at the beginning of 2021 as well. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Bradley. You mentioned your Instagram, but how can they find your YouTube channel, your coaching? Oh, yes. Um, YouTube, you guys can search Tamara T Amazon. That's Tamara, just like how it sounds, T-E-E, Amazon, and I should pop up right there. Awesome. Awesome. All right. We'll see you on the next episode. All right. Thanks, Bradley. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.